0: Okay, awesome. Um, so I will just say a little introduction mm-hmm. and then I will say, Would you like to read us something? And if you want to say something about the poem or you just want to go straight into it, whatever, that's fine. And then okay. I've got a couple of questions for you and we'll have a little chat and then I'll um, say, Do you want to read one of the poem and then you can do it? Okay, does that sound mm-hmm. right? Awesome. Awesome. Open Book. What we're doing on this podcast is we are talking to some of the writers who read at the Open Book at 201 Ponsonby Road in Auckland, New Zealand um, every third Sunday. I'm Anna Livesey, uh, the curator at large at the Open Book and I have got with me here I.K. Patterson-Harkness. Um, who is a poet, a writer of speculative fiction, and who's working on a web series called Emmy the Vegan. Um, We're going to call it Emmy during this
1: podcast. So welcome, Emmy. It's lovely to have you with us. Thank you. Uh, I think you've got a poem to read for us. Uh, Yes, I do. Um, This poem is called uh, Nebraska Part One. And um, yes, I'll I'll just start reading it. When I think back to Nebraska, I see endless land uninterrupted by hill or house or tree or pole only tawny grass blinking from a hole filled with field and a mute white sky behind me and outside of this view a barbed wire fence runs the length of a hot crackled highway it stretches stretches through the land from horizon to horizon and far far beyond that too behind the barbed wire the long road is silent But between the fence posts, the grasses are woven and groundhogs and prairie dogs build burrows and reed baskets and flies sit on the fence posts and hum. At the center of the road behind the wire, my mother stands and stares at my back at the mushroom gray overalls that she sewed. She notices my hair that my dad tried his best to French plait like she used to. She stands beside a man that she loves, but I can't see him because I've never been to Nebraska. Hmm, thanks, me That's okay. Thank
0: you. So I read um, your poems that you sent and some other things that were online, and I had a look at some of the other things you've written. And I noticed that in your poetry, there's a strong narrative thread, as mm-hmm. in that poem, you're telling a story. That's right. Um, And then, of course, you write speculative fiction, which is kind of, by definition, speculative, and there's a gap from reality. Mm -hmm. And I guess with poetry, like, who knows, right? Nobody knows, really, what the gap between the reality and um, Mm. the poet's reality and what goes onto the page is the artistic reality is. It might be totally fictional. I'm making air quotes. Fictional. (laughs) Or totally non-fictional, or somewhere in between, and and nobody really knows, and in a way, it doesn't matter. Um, But then you have a self-titled web series called Amy the Vegan, which um, features you playing someone who resembles yourself. <laughs> uh, so I thought it was interesting to ask you about the distance between story and reality, between the narrative that you present to the world and between the reality that you live in. Mm-hmm. Um, what interests you about that and how does it play out in your different bits of work?
1: Well, until this podcast, I hadn't given it a lot of thought. Excellent. <laughs> we are here
0: to promote thinking. That is what we are here for.
1: Um Think live on air. <laughs> think live on air. My poetry, um, out of all my pro- out of all my uh, creative projects, uh, my poetry, um, what I write about, the stories that I write about in my poetry, is based most on reality. Right. I guess I I I, um, I feel like poetry is a vehicle of you know to sort of um, experiment with and you know and think about the things that have happened to me, mm. but of course. As a writer, you always want to, you know, change things a little bit, <laughs> make it so that it sounds better, um, because for me, poetry, a bit like music, um, it's the ba- about the, the flow, the way it sounds, the words you choose. For me, it's very, um, yeah, sound orientated. So if there's a a word that will fit nicer uh, uh, in the flow of it, but is like not true, I will use it.
0: Right. So the artifice and the art trumps
1: the um veracity yes um but it is definitely closest um to reality so for instance that poem i just read when i was a kid my mum did um move away to nebraska for a while right and, and sort of um yeah left left the family um so that's what that poem is about um my uh speculative fiction um, it's com- yeah, completely not based on reality. Right, is um, the title speculative fiction? Sort yeah, of I mean, I I love yeah. speculative fiction because you can conjure up anything really. Right, anything that could be possible. Right, um, does it even work? Could be possible. Anything that is possible. <laughs> let's be correct here. Um, you know you can write about you know that's i love speculative fiction i love the idea of time travel i love the idea of like strange technology um and but you know when you're writing you're still writing what you know um so you still i think you're taking the human emotion or you're taking um the sort of scenarios that happen in your real life but you're putting them in a completely different place um, and what's the value to the art
0: of that different place or that different context? Like, what is it to be speculative fiction instead of to be, you know, realism? What does that give you?
1: I think it just it's just a whole different playing field. It just gives you a place to be completely free. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make stuff up, really make stuff up, you know? Uh, you can make up stuff that doesn't exist yet or may never exist. And... Um, or a world that, that's completely in your own mind. And I just see an absolute freedom in that. I, I, I find it really liberating, I guess, as a writer. Um, I tend not to, uh, you know, I, I'm not really, I don't like write about the sort of genre things like vampires or, you know, like zombies, or um, for me it's it's more, completely brand new things that I'm interested in, in, in writing about.
0: What's an example of that, a completely brand new thing? In the okay, so
1: I have a novella um, that's called Pocket Wife, and that's... Which is available through... Oh, <laughs> uh, paper or Press is the... Uh, is the yes, yes, you can probably find it on Amazon, uh, and such, such places like that. Um, yeah, I'm not very good at selling myself. <laughs> that's okay, I'm here to help with that. Um, so Pocket Wife is a, is a sort of set uh, in the sort of near future... Um, it's actually in Mon- set in Montreal, which I, I spent like six weeks there once, and so I set it there. Um, and it's there's it's there's this new technology where you can have a miniature version of your spouse or loved one, which you carry around in your pocket, looks just like them, like a, a, a miniature doll, a real absolute replica. Um, and then when you switch it on, and the the actual person switches on something that's sort of inside their brain, it sort of um, Puts them inside this little doll, mm. but the problem is, is um, this is the, the this one problem. Just the, 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 the main the key problem, problem of the story is, <laughs> is that he can't turn her one off. His wife's off the main character, but he's he's having an affair, and so that's that's what the story is sort of about. And so um,
0: I'm going to leap forward, listeners, to what we're going to talk about with Lisa Samuels later on, which is about soft text. So Lisa Samuels says in a soon to be published essay that every piece of hard text which is what is written down has around it soft text mm. which are all the things that you didn't write down mm-hmm. but that the reader feels or you think or whatever the whole kind of penumbra of I don't know if I said that word right of all of the things around it right so I guess what I feel about that description of that story is there's something there about how you know if you're in a really connected relationship even if it's gone wrong you can't really turn off what you know about the other person mm. um, even if you're at a distance or they think they're being secret or whatever so that's right there's a piece of technology there that's almost the metaphor <laughs> the, the hard text representation of what the soft text of um, to steal and probably misuse that's, Lisa Samuel's that's words. right
1: I'm going to use that P- I'm going to use that in the future that's awesome <laughs>
0: Okay, well look, um, that's great, have you got um, another, oh no, when you talk about your web series, oh my god, so then you have a self-titled web series in which you play some creature that is in some way related to yourself, tell us about that. Yeah, Emmy
1: the Vegan, so Emmy the Vegan has been taking up a lot of my time recently, Um, it's my main project. She's so demanding, Emmy the Vegan. (laughs) She is so demanding, um... And this is the sort of, uh, yeah, I've created this character who at the moment mostly lives on social media. Um, but I've, I've, so I've, we shot a pilot uh, of a web series. That's murder. You should not shoot pilots. They're people do. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, pilot. Um, and there's there's five more episodes that we're going to be making soon. And I'm right. actually hurrying off to a production meeting um, straight after this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the vegan... It's funny because, um, you, you, you know, you're talking about the difference uh, between sort of the narrative, the story, and the actual reality. Well, most people blur it with Amy the Vegan. So a yeah. lot of people introduce me as, hey, this is Amy the Vegan. Right. Or people who I've never met before will see me and they'll say, oh, you're Imi the Vegan. Right. And I'm now suddenly Amy the Vegan. And um but I'm not Emmy the vegan. Right. I'm Emmy the writer. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, crea- I've created a character. And so do
0: you notice a difference, um in people who are themselves creators who go oh yeah like you're a creator who's mm. made this thing and me the vegan and let's just call them as i heard as i heard um people who aren't um political nerds referred to on a podcast a political nerd podcast i listened to the other day normies 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 who, were like Norm here, normies <laughs> who are like oh you're a me the vegan mm-hmm. but like do people respond to you in a different way depending if they engage and are or making i themselves? really
1: definitely think that's true yeah i you know i had a friend recently read some of the scripts who's not an artist uh kind of person and he read them and he's like oh is that what's going on in your life at the moment and I was like no not at all like this is absolutely separate from me um she just happens to share my name share my face share my house you know she has certain qualities but really um I consider myself a complete distinct personality from, yeah, from Amy I, the Vegan right, that, I, that I've right. created. Right, she might
0: take over though. So what's interesting about that to you? Like what is the urge there to create, um, I like uh, can't say this word either, a palm set, a palm, I don't know how to say that word, you know, a, a frontispiece for yourself that looks kind of like you but isn't you
1: and present that to the world. I, I didn't do it really on purpose. I never wanted to act. I never wanted to be that person. I've always been in the, in the background, you right. know, um, writing away on my laptop, but... Um, but as a vegan, um, you know, you, sometimes you sit there and think, well, how can I, what can I do for the cause? Right. <laughs> um, and I thought, well, I, I was really sick of seeing um, sort of these stereotypical, these sort of like vegan typecast characters, you know, in sitcoms mm. or comedies, mm. and they're usually absolutely batshit crazy. Right.
0: And... Amy me seems relatively sane. I just want to, I've only known her a short time, dear listeners, <laughs> but she seems relatively sane relatively
1: she's a writer and creator so we won't go too far (laughs) down the same track um but i wanted to create a character that was likable relatable um not seeming crazy so that i could create a comedy um that sort of normalized veganism so it's vegan propaganda I like to think of it as activism rather than, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <rather> than propaganda. <laughs> well, they're just two sides of the same coin. Positive. I was act- being cheeky. Yeah. Yeah, it's vegan activism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's and so and 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 I guess I trust myself to do that. Yeah. Um, and it just so it just happened. I just thought, oh, um, you know, I have I have filmmaker friends, and I just I just told them about this Emmy the vegan idea, and they're like, oh, will send us some scripts. Great. And I did, and then yeah. they're like, okay, I, we'll help you. Yeah. And it's just gone from there
0: oh that's so fantastic um is it still are you still looking for funding or are you all funded up for the we're, moment
1: we're funded up for the moment we did yeah. a big crowdfunding campaign yeah and i saw that yeah um yeah it was great we had so many uh vegan friendly businesses get behind it and give yeah. um you know the, the prizes that you get for for, for bidding or, or whatever, right. you know pledging yeah um in fact the i've just had such overwhelming support and not just from vegans, that's the thing, a, a lot of people that write to me um, on Facebook and stuff are, are not vegan, and they still, they still like it. <laughs> so
0: that's, yeah. that's cool. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Well, that's been amazing to talk to you about those things. Um, thank you, and you should let us know when you launch some more, and our millions of followers, who we'll <laughs> by and then have, we can, you know, um, let them know. Would you like to read us another poem? Sure. Um, I.K. I th- Patterson Hartness. <laughs>
1: Let's see if I can remember one. Okay. A very short all one. All right, all right. I won't look because I always find it awkward if people forget. So this one's called Fixer Upper, and I wrote it um, just after uh, I broke up with my husband, <laughs> booted him out of the house. Um, it's called Fixer Upper, and it's quite short. Uh, okay, it goes I don't want another chipped man, a fully grown person with a crack right down their side. I'm sick of super glue on my fingertips. A midnight trips to the hardware store for more rivets and nails. I used to be lured by the fixer upper, badly needing repair but going cheap. Now I want a man who comes fully assembled with a 20-year money-back guarantee at least.
0: Hallelujah to that. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you so much to It's been Thank really you. great talking this to you. This has been
1: fun.